Welcome, friends. So glad you joined us here at the Authentic Life Podcast. This is the place where we call you to an authentic life in Christ and equip you to live faithfully for Him. I'm your host, James Seiler, and I'm so incredibly grateful that you've joined me here today. And I pray that this podcast is a life-giving resource to help you in your faith journey. Well, friends, you're in for a treat today. I have a very special friend on the episode with me, and uh, we're going to have an incredible discussion on some things that are necessary if we're going to continue in our journey uh, towards becoming authentic in our faith. You see, my friend really fulfills what Solomon talked about in Proverbs when he said, as iron sharpens iron, so does the countenance of a friend. You see, anytime I interact with Michael, I'm uh, encouraged, challenged, sometimes convicted, uh, strengthened in my faith. And today, I think through our dialogue, you're going to uh, experience the same reality. And so, friends, I want to encourage you to go ahead and grab uh, your notebooks, grab your pen, grab that cup of coffee, and get ready to sit down and listen to our dialogue today as we talk about what is required or what's necessary to continue that journey uh, to becoming truly authentic in your faith. Well, if you're ready, let's jump right into it. I have a good friend of mine here with me in the Knoxville area here in East Tennessee, and I get to spend a little time chatting with him today. And uh, here in his heart, I have just come to admire and appreciate not only him as a person, but the work that they're doing in the community. And uh, I'm ecstatic to bring you guys Michael Clark today. Michael, thank you for joining me. Uh, here on the podcast, buddy. I appreciate it. Awesome. So honored, James, to be on here with you. And That's great, man. And um, man, tell them a little bit about what you guys do at Kiko. And I just uh, not only love that um, the work that you're doing is continuing it, but talk about, you know, even your roots, where it started from. And I love the fact that something was birthed in your family long ago and it continues on through you today. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing, man. Yeah, absolutely. So Kiko just stands for Knoxville Inner City Kids Outreach. And so we're a children's ministry that uh, just looks to work with the kids and their families right here in urban uh, Knoxville. Uh, But again, like you said, there's some roots to it um, that started in my family well before we even began uh, talking to the first kid. My, My mom and dad had heard a speaker named Bill Wilson. Um, back in the early 90s at a conference that really he was kind of one of those fill-in speakers between two big speakers. He got like 15 minutes uh, versus the hour that the rest of them got. And uh, so we were there in the what was the old Hoosier Dome of Indianapolis. Um, And at this conference, that 15-minute speaker, Bill Wilson, just told the stories about the work they were doing in Brooklyn, New York, and the surrounding boroughs of of New York City. And uh, it was just incredible. He took your heart out and just kind of handed it back to you and it was through his stories and just basically you were left with now, what are you going to do? And we started sponsoring a child like a lot of programs have, Hey, you know, kind of sponsor a child. And one of the neat things was that we got to go up there um, and actually visit our child at a Thanksgiving and uh, work with the ministry a little bit, see what they do hands on. Again, I was a, a youngster just in elementary school, going into middle school myself. Um, and then my mom felt called to go back and study missions. And so, again, we were such an unqualified family 
Uh, my dad, he, he jokes about being one step below Matthew, the tax collector. He was a bill collector by trade. And so he's like, if God can use our family, he can use anyone. And we're pretty sure that, that God probably even asked multiple people before he got to us on the list. We were just the first ones to say yes. After doing an internship up in Brooklyn with Metro Ministries, uh, my mom and dad just decided, man, let's start somewhere. Let's start just down the street and uh, went through the hoops of meeting with the housing authorities and then the people that they would uh, put us in contact with uh, to get the invitation in from the community. Uh, And this is back in the 90s when even here in Knoxville, gang activity, we had a lot more bloods and crips and it was more organized than it is now. It's Today's gangs are just kind of chaotic and no rules, but um, it was just a different time then. And kids were primarily living in housing developments. You could go to a housing and development or projects, so to speak, and find hundreds of kids just running around, just playing in the streets and playgrounds. It was just a different day with where kids were. There wasn't as many programs offered at that time. And so when we started with that mobile ministry of Sidewalk Sunday School, it just it, it met such a need and had such a fit to really reach the kids in those communities. And so that's kind of where we started 27 years ago now, which is really, really hard to believe, but just seeing God's faithfulness, seeing just people come alongside us and help us continue to remain creative and relevant to reach the kids where they are, as that has kind of changed over the years. And then some of the things we've grown into are just really, really exciting with family supports and a chaplain corps and and other opportunities and ways to continue to serve not only the youth, but as they get older, their families as well, and help them just kind of discover their God-given purpose. I love what you're doing. I just think it's fantastic. And I had no idea, man. It started with Bill Wilson. I was at a yeah. church in California, the very first church I was at. They had a big sidewalk Sunday school program uh, with the U-Haul where the side folded down and they'd roll up to the neighborhoods. And it was a blast, man. And so, man, I love that. Bill Wilson, man, that guy, That's it. he has a way of impacting you. And, and like very few other people I know, man, his passion for uh, the lost, especially kids, man, is contagious. So yeah. that's good stuff, man. So I met you when I came to the Knoxville area, you were pastoring in the church and you were talking about, you know, maybe stepping aside at some point and moving on in a different direction. And then now you turned the church over to a great leader. You left it in a, a tremendous spot. And uh, so tell me a little bit though, man, what, what is God doing in you personally? Cause man, I, I, I don't know. I was pretty blessed. I got to come up and visit up at church and hear you speak, and listen to sermons online. And um, so to see you make that transition from pastoring back to Kiko and, you know, what is God doing in you? Where do you think God's taking you personally? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's always a funny question because I'm trying to figure that out too. But some of the big things we, we saw that as I, as much as I loved pastoring, um, when we got in one lane and I had to say no to a few things to kind of clear the plate for what I, I felt like he was wanting to do through Kiko and um, and wanted to be able to devote myself well there. And a big part is I still find myself shepherding. I, feel, I still find myself making disciples um, just in the nonprofit context of a ministry versus a church. And, you know, our staff here this year, we've just started the new year with a, a real focus. We're actually walking through through a small group curriculum 
uh, with our staff uh, called I Said This, You Heard That out of Andy Stanley's church. And, and a lot of it is just helping our people uh, grow in their own em- emotional intelligence, uh, grow in knowing and understanding themselves and thus how they interact with each other and our the staff that we're working with and the kids we're working with. And even in this first week, like I'll be honest, I was prepping for it and just in tears as I was watching, I was like, man, this, this example they're using, that is so me. That's how I respond to my kids. And just, just constantly keeping our hearts before the Lord as a team with where is he still transforming and changing us? Um, how is he still through the power of the Holy Spirit wanting to address some areas of our heart that maybe we haven't allowed him to or to the extent that he wants to? And um, those are things that I think we probably always come back to. There's always areas in my life that I felt like they're not always things that are going to be resolved, but I'm continually allowing him to just go deeper. You know, it's not necessarily, Andy Stanley says this too. He says, sometimes there's problems and I'll even say this areas of our heart that you're problems that we don't necessarily solve, but tensions we manage. Um, And I think about that a lot of time in the, in the area of boundaries and things I'm saying yes to or no to. And um, those are things that we're just constantly having to be vulnerable uh, with the Holy spirit. And then people around us that are full of the Holy spirit uh, to be able to speak into. And that's, that's one of the seasons I think we're in right now, but 2022, I have no idea. I'm super excited about this year, but I have no idea where it's going to lead. Like I've already had the first week, some things that, God's already readjusted timing, the timing that I thought we were going to do things to, man, I see the enemy attacking some of our staff and we're not going to be able to do some of the things that I thought we were going to be doing right now. And that's okay. Um, I'm just trying to recalibrate and say, okay, Lord, we know this is still your desire to do some of these things. Just when, uh, you know, we want to discern that. That's good, man. And um, I think that's super important. I think before the pandemic, I don't know, it just seemed like we could get away with a little bit of, you know, making some things happen. And even sometimes for me personally, like forcing some things happen on a ministry calendar. But now I think God has gotten everybody on his timeline. Like we really got to say, you know what? Okay, Lord, when you want to do this, we're good with it. And, uh, but I love what you said, man, you're still once a pastor, always a pastor. It sounds like you're still pastoring your people, uh, not only the kids on the streets and in the neighborhood, but your staff. And I just see such a tremendous pastoral car calling on your life and a love for people uh, has been encouraged me since I got to spend some time with you over this last couple of years, man. So man, keep doing it. And, well, I want to jump into this, especially for our listeners. And this is um, a theme of what we've been talking about on the podcast now is really experiencing transformation internally and becoming authentically who Christ made us uh, to be. You know, a lot of times I'm worried about the church because they spend a lot of time dealing with behavior modification and never dealing with root issues and things going on in their heart. And so, man, if you had some advice or some feedback for us today, man, how could, as a believer, how can we experience transformation? Uh, say in 2022, what are some things that, you know, we might focus on intentionally about becoming truly an authentic follower of Christ, man? Do you have any thoughts for us today? Yeah, I think um, I think there's some things that I always go back to uh, just personally. Of course, it's my it is in my devotional life, and um, but what I'm noticing is doing more of the things that I've always done in community. And what I mean by that is I started this new year. I'm doing my own, you know, read through the Bible chronologically personally, but I've also joined a group of men who are reading through the New Testament this first six months. We're doing it daily. 
we're talking about it uh, online in a group, and we're just kind of kind of keeping each other accountable to growing and sharing the nuggets of revelation that God's showing us. Um, and I think I think it's really critical who we're surrounding ourselves with right now. There are so many voices swirling around in our culture right now that have very little to do with Christ's agenda. Everyone else has their own agenda, but very few are really tuned in to what he and his kingdom are wanting to do in this hour. And I think it's really, really critical that we um, we surround ourselves with people that are going to help the, the areas of transformation that God is wanting to do in our own lives with people that are going to facilitate and foster that as well. I think even throughout my own personal life, there's I can always go back to p- key people throughout seasons who played such a role of either inspiration or catalyzing something or, or something they just said that just caught me. And, and I think this year, more than ever, it's really going to be important who we're surrounded by, who we're doing life with, and really making ourselves vulnerable to that transformation process in community. That's so good, man. I even think now this idea of like tribes or who you run with is no longer optional. You know, it might have been back in the day, but with everything going on in the world today, I think you're so right. There's so yeah. much going on, so many voices out there. And man, we've got to surround ourselves with the right people um, that not only love us, but love us enough to tell us the hard things. I think, you know, are willing to challenge us in areas where we need to grow. I love that. And uh, I've been challenged. I've been talking to everybody that I meet with. I said, you got to find your tribe. Tell me who you're running with. And um, if you don't have some people in your life to do that, I think it's going to be challenging in the days ahead, man. Anything else that you do as far as your personal walk with Christ, man, that's really helped you grow and really become who who you are today, man? Anything else that sticks out to you? Yeah, I, th- I think just like our own our own life and in profession and and just our we have we have so much that we can say yes to and say no to and I think it's the same spiritually if we want to see growth and transformation occur there's some things that I need to say no to there's some things I need to reduce and we're seeing that in our own home and in in re- just in conversation with my wife what are we going to readjust in our time together in an evening in how we're you know what we're doing with the kids cuz I'll be honest like it's easy just to get into that the routine and the habit of putting kids to bed in, in the season of life I'm in and then sitting on the couch and watching TV, watching Netflix, catching up on some episodes. And we've just kind of made some intentional decisions that, hey, we're going to we're gonna look for ways to reduce these areas to increase conversation, to increase just um, God moments of what is he, what is, what's he challenging you with right now? What do you think about just life and things that are happening? Um, so we're really trying to increase that. And we started that even the end of last year going into this year, but knowing that's kind of, that's kind of the season we're in with our kids as they're getting older, but also just reflecting on, man, if we want more out of, of, of our time together or more out of our own personal life, we're going to have to adjust with some things that are more, I guess, qualitative. Um, and so we're, we're trying to make that intentional changes in just minor areas uh, to see that happen. That's good, man. Gosh, that really speaks to me and actually is a, li- a little bit convicting, you know, as of late, it's just easy to kind of zone out. And, you know, for me, even last night, I, I felt, I felt the gentle nudge of the Holy spirit, but Man, the national championship game was on. I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> Jesus, I'm coming. But man, it's third and third and ten, man. And so, but but I get you, man. You know, a lot of times we've got to be comfortable saying no, so we can focus yeah. on the things that really do matter. I love that. Hey, I, man, if I got a dollar for every time somebody has told me, man, I'm stuck spiritually, or I don't know what it what it takes to move forward. 
you know, help me out, pastor, that kind of thing. What are mm. some of the things you've noticed that just keeps people from growing, keeps them from fear, experiencing true transformation in their walk with Christ? If you gave some advice today, what would be some things say, hey, watch out for these things. These things are going to hold you back. Any thoughts on that today? Yeah, I think as, as creatures of habit, we're really, we really don't like change. We don't like even the form of how we've heard from God or approached him uh, to change. We, we, I know for myself, I usually, I like to go back to what worked before, but I think that we're in a season where right now there's some true humbling that God wants to do in each of us as individuals, as a nation. And that's going to require some brokenness. And that's really uncomfortable. That's really personal. Sometimes it hurts. I think it probably should uh, as he really breaks us of ourself and our identities that we've really built some security in to be able to find that he wants to breathe new life in, in the identity that he created us to, uh, to bear from him. And that's really hard because I think a lot of us want to still have hold on to all these securities that we have chalked up in our own minds about ourselves, about financially, about our families, about all the areas that we want to feel secure in. And that's really, really hard to go through that process. But I think that the Lord is really allowing some things to happen right now, where if we'll lean into it, we're going to find some grace to, to really be humbled and grace through humility to really be able to lean in and say, okay, God, I'm completely dependent upon you. I, I literally can't do it right now. I don't even know what to do. And I think in those moments, that's, that's going to be such a paradigm shift of how we've received from God in the past to, to being able to receive from him in a new way and be able to be filled up for what he's wanting to do in this hour. And again, I have to go back to who we're surrounded by in that process. I think it's going to be other people that are kind of experiencing the same, that are willing to kind of cheer us on and leaning in to, to what he's doing right now in that, in that way. That's really good. And one of the things too, I think the Lord has really been speaking to me, especially going forward, talking to me a lot about this idea of new wineskins. He says, I've got something new I want to do in you. And I just can't pour it into an old container. And I think a lot of times our unwillingness to change or even humble ourselves and say, you know what, something's got to change inside of me, um, kind of limits us from really uh, experiencing the new growth that God has in store for us. And I love that too. I wanted to just go back to one statement that you made about, you know, your tribe and your community group. There's a massive movement across the country right now. People, you know, leaving California, Illinois, Maine, New York City, coming down to this place. In fact, I sat in a church in, in Maryville, Tennessee this Sunday, and the pastor in a sermon actually had people raise their hands. If they've relocated to the area in the last uh, two <laughs> years after the pandemic actually took place, I was shocked, wow. bro. I would say 40% of the audience, and we're, I was wow. sitting in an auditorium of about 1,500 people, and I would say 40% of the audience actually um, raised their hand and said, hey, you know, I'm a transplant. And I just think, you know, if we're actually not only willing to um, open ourselves up to being a part of these community groups, but also maybe allowing ourselves to reach out to some people that maybe don't think like us, maybe come from a different yeah. background or a different cultural perspective that might stimulate some growth in us. And, and um, maybe talk about though, how you identified some people that you wanted to have a part of your circle or your tribe. Um, Cause mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think we've got to be intentional about who we pick to be a part of our community group and talk about that for a minute. Who do you want in your group? Who are you looking for? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was first uh, kind of, 
challenged by the idea of having a tribe. Um, it was actually banning out of Jesus culture. He was talking yeah. about it in his book, Rooted. It had just come out and he was talking about how, how to identify your tribe. And for me, I think about the different areas of my life that I relate to others in as a foster and adoptive family. There are people that understand that journey and I can really identify with those people that have walked through it in similar circumstances. And so, but that only serves sometimes that area of my life and my experience, but spiritually, I had to really get comfortable with it's okay to know that there are some places God's going to plant me that may not be spiritually my tribe for this season, but he's got a plan and a purpose for me being there for something he wants to do inside me, as well as something he wants to do through me. And sometimes we have to just kind of discern and, and hear the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? We've got to stay in constant communication with him. Why, why am I here? This isn't where I thought I'd be. These aren't the people I thought I'd be uh, doing, you know, spiritual Christian uh, journeying with. And and there's other times where we can still identify the people, though, that, man, these are the people that just hit the cylinders of my soul. These are the people that just, when they're talking, they've got that same spiritual um, background that that I do, and, and they've they've received from the Lord similarly, and and they just, they ignite something within us. And I think we need those. We need each of those groups for different purposes, because for me, it's hard to find those that, that really um, have that same background. You know, for my wife and I, we met at a school of ministry that came out of a revival uh, in the late 90s. That was such a bubble of experience. There are some people that moved with that school of ministry and never got out of that bubble. And there's some there's some challenges with that and not, you know, like you said, not stretching yourself and allowing yourself to grow in different environments. But at the same time, there's something that just marked us from those experiences that that identified us as unique for the call that he has on us. And so when we get in the room with people that have had those similar experiences, though, to that, man, it just, there's something fresh in our soul. So I think we need all of those though. We need people that will identify in the areas that really are just personal to us, whether it's been a challenge that we've walked through or a season of life that we're in, but also spiritually being, being willing to discern, okay, God, I think you've got me somewhere, but I also know this, this maybe isn't my tribe. Um, Would you also put people in my life or allow me to today? We can stay so connected to people of our tribe virtually through podcasts, through what we can watch on YouTube or listen to just through Spotify. There's there's some things that can really just feed us in those ways. But I think we just have to kind of discern where he's got us, but but staying connected and, and identifying that. I, I felt such freedom just knowing that it was okay to have a tribe. It was okay to feel less satisfied around certain groups because I knew that 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 didn't complete my DNA, my spiritual DNA. And that's okay. Um, it doesn't doesn't put down someone and, and raise us, but it just allows us to understand that God has created us uniquely. And there are people we're going to, you know, more identify with. Oh. Um, so there's some freedom in that too, I think, as we hear that. Well, Michael, that's so good that you said that because I've really struggled with that statement that you just made right there is being comfortable being around people you more identify with. You know, even the cultural background that I grew up in the church was like, you know, you got to love everybody and bring everybody in and accept everybody. And that's a hundred percent true. But the tribe that we're talking about is maybe some real like-minded people that you just really connect with, you click with, they get you, you get them. And it's okay to have those tribes and give yourself permission to have one. I, I don't know. I just have always not understood that reality um, being in the church 
uh, environment that I was for so long. And so that was such a freeing statement that I've been wrestling with. So when you just said that, man, that was just confirmation in my heart as well. And then I would say this for all the spiritual pilgrims out there that are um, making uh, the transition, whether you're moving or headed across country or changing communities or churches or schools, districts or whatever, it takes time. Just give yourself grace and permission. God longs to put you in fellowship in a community. So don't stop looking for it, but it does take a little bit of time to get there as well, man. Any other tips, man, that you can think about, especially navigating this the weirdness of the season? It's just unusual timing that we're living in, not only here in America, but around the world. But any other tips or ideas or thoughts that you might have about how to stay strong spiritually, how to stay connected to Jesus in the days ahead. What can we do to stay you know, committed to our faith? Because uh, my great concern is I'm starting to watch people become incredibly apathetic, and some of them are probably really disconnecting, not only from the body of Christ, but probably from their relationship with God. But anything we can do yeah. to stay strong in the hour we're living in. Yeah, you know, some of the things I always go back to are are the spiritual disciplines. But of course, any of the spiritual disciplines we do have to be infused with this fresh wind from the Spirit. I can fast and I can pray and I can read and meditate and experience all these things. But without the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, they can fall stale uh, on my soul. And so I would just really encourage people, yes, revisit these things. Go back to some of Foster Ortberg, Willard's books, uh, refresh yourself in some of the spiritual disciplines and the things that will tr- you know, lead to transformation, but invite the Holy Spirit into every step of that, of that process. But one of the things I would really, I really encourage myself and others just in light of what is happening in our culture, this is politically, this is financially, economics, what's happening right now in our world is we really... the. The scripture that talks about guarding our heart above all else, guard your heart because from it come the wellsprings of life. And I already mentioned that's really important with who we surround ourselves by. But I think inside we have to guard ourselves against the fence. I think more than anything right now, our culture is really thriving upon chaos and division. Uh, we see it racially. We see it politically. We see it in every area. If they can create it, boy, and, and we see it within the church. We've created new groups, and we have to be careful. We talk about tribes too, don't we? We have to be careful that we're not creating more walls instead of bridges, but instead we're, we're saying, no, this is, this is healthy. Um, this was ordained even from the 12 tribes of Israel. We see it. This was your clan. These were your people. This is where you would thrive and grow and multiply apply. And it's okay to have that, but we've got to be cognizant. Um, There's going to be this false sense of unity where we have to lower our standards. And then there's also going to be this false sense of unity. We're saying, hey, unless you're like us, you can't be a part of what I think God's doing through us. And that's, that's not going to benefit anyone, but there's going to be this need to be offended with what you just said, or what he just said, or the way they voted, or the way they think about mask or mandates or whatever it may be that we've got to guard our hearts against offense. Um, we've got to be able to be have water roll off the duck's back in just about every area of our life right now and stay focused on him, stay focused on what he and his kingdom is doing uh, because so many of these things are so peripheral that if we will allow offense and division to enter our heart, the enemy's already won. Even if we're on the right playing field, we're entering it with the wrong weapons. And so we could just see the enemy go ahead and, and, and have his way. I heard Bill Johnson say this last year, and it really, really helped me that there are in just about any area of our lives that the devil could really care less about where we end up on a certain issue as long as we will abandon the character of Christ to defend it. 
And to me, that just spoke such volumes. And it was exactly what I needed to hear with what was happening in our nation and in our world that, man, it's about still identifying and being and exemplifying the character of Christ in every area. And there's no hill worth dying on because Jesus already did it. Jesus already died on Golgotha. There's no other hill worth dying upon unless it's truly for the gospel. And I just think a lot of us don't go through Gethsemane for most of the issues we're willing to die for. We don't go through brokenness and prayer. Um, instead, we just go ahead and post. We just go ahead and tag. We just go ahead and write people off. And and uh, the enemy's winning, not not Jesus when we take that approach. Wow, that's so good. Um, and I love that statement that you just made from Bill Johnson, man. That is rich. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meditate on that one all day, man. Thank you for sharing that. Bro, you dropped some incredible wisdom with uh, us today, and I'm, I'm grateful for you jumping online and sharing your heart with us. Would you do me a favor? Would you pray for those folks out there that, that might be listening to this podcast today, just that they would stay strong, be encouraged in their faith? My personal take is I really believe we're getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus and I just want people yeah. to stay, stay, stay locked in, stay ready, um, and be prepared to meet him when he comes. But would you just pray for us today, my friend? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much. Uh- for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you are the lifter of our heads. I thank you that um, even in our valleys, we can see that you have not left us, that you are always with us. Lord, remind us of that. Remind us that um, your your goodness and grace will follow us all the days of our lives. So Lord, whether we're walking through the highest of, of mountains or the lowest of valleys, Lord, we just lean in to you and what you're doing. We God, I just pray that you would just breath, uh, breathe fresh purpose and destiny upon all of us, those that are listening far and wide, um, maybe some that are walking through a difficult time personally. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would encourage, that you would dispatch your Holy Spirit in such a way um, that their heart is vulnerable to what you are wanting to do in and through them right now, God. We thank you, God. We thank you that uh, in our moments of, of distraction or discouragement, um, you, you realign us, you bring us back. And God, we are just so grateful for that. We depend upon you for all things. Uh, we thank you that you're doing a great work in this earth. And Lord, we want to be uh, remain full of hope, full of, of bringing hope and peace to those that are hopeless. And so God, continue to keep us focused on what you're doing. And we do say, God, Maranatha, come quickly in our day. Amen. Amen, buddy. Thank you for sharing today, man. I'm richly blessed. I know our folks will be blessed, those that are going to take a listen to this podcast. But I want them to stay engaged to Kiko and uh, not only follow your journey and your story, but man, I would love for even some of these folks out there today to be able to make a donation and give to what you guys are doing. How would, say, somebody that listens to this podcast, how would they stay connected to Kiko and what you guys are doing, man? Just invite them to join you guys on the journey. Yeah, absolutely. They can find out more about us online. Uh, our website is Kiko, K-I-C-K-O dot org, O-R-G. Um, and there you can also get attached to some of our social. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, Knoxville Inner City Kids Outreach, they can certainly come along and see what we're doing and how to join us. And if there ever is an opportunity for us to help support them in doing something similar in their community, that's what we're all about. We want to see um, everyone equipped to, to do the work that God's called us to in each of our spheres of influence where he has planted us. That's good, man. And I can vouch for Michael. Michael is the real deal. So friends, I want to encourage you to visit his website, check out what they're doing, and maybe you need to get engaged, be a prayer partner, be a financial supporter, or actually put boots on the ground and come love on some kids in the neighborhood. Michael, thanks for joining me today, buddy. Uh, it was good Thank stuff, you, James. man. I appreciate it.